0: It's the Craig Way Show with a voice of the Texas Longhorns and Hall of Fame broadcaster, Craig Way. Like to call cam Fired Up Friday? Yeah,
1: Fire Me Up Friday.
0: Fire Me Up Friday? If you're fired up, coming with a little Eye of the Tiger, a little Survivor 1983, which I saw Rocky Three in the movie theater, which tells you something about my age, you know. So I think I saw the first four Rocky movies in the theater, and I've seen none of the ones since. It's weird. Not so, even Creed. I uh, haven't seen the Creed ones either, and, and, and I've got nothing against them. Wouldn't mind seeing. I'm just it hadn't haven't been able to make the time to go. In fact, Linda and I were talking about this last night. Um, I have not been to a movie theater since the pandemic. I've not been in a theater, a movie theater, and, and some of that was the aversion that was created because of the pandemic, but. Um, it's I just also because of schedule and time and things like that, you know. I mean, look at my schedule this week, Cam. I mean, look at me, yeah. what's going on. So it doesn't, doesn't offer many opportunities for a lot of just regular recreational activities. Speaking of recreational activities, yeah, there's still baseball going on. Texas State got a leadoff, pinch hit home run from Daylon Pena in the bottom of the ninth. The next batter, Chase Farber, reached on a two-base throwing error on a ground ball to short, so they had the tying run in and the winning run at second base with nobody out, but then uh, Patino's base hit went in the center, he was thrown out, Uh, Farmer was trying to score on that, then there was a strikeout and a fly ball out, and that was that. So, uh, as the old saying goes, the dreaded stench of extra innings is underway in game number one here in this Astros Foundation College Classic. And now Houston has a runner at third with nobody out. So we'll see how long this goes. But remember, Texas State is the designated home team here. It's the first of three games. And I believe there's 45 minutes between games. So things could be pushed back. And if you've been here enough to Minute Maid Park for these games in this event annually in Texas, plays in it every other year, so if you've, you've been here enough, you understand that, that, that that's pretty commonplace. All right, we're going to have a fly ball to center field caught by Farber, and they will not send the runner from third because it was a shallow fly ball, and he came gunning. So the runner is still third, one out for Houston batting in the top of the ten. All right, Longhorn basketball getting ready for the matchup with Oklahoma State tomorrow afternoon at Moody Center at 1 o'clock. Texas not only was impressive in its win, over texas tech and got the huge game from dylan to uh 21 points to lead them but i guess it's common to say basically that they got max acemas back on track and acemas was able to uh, score 18 points in the game hit a huge three right before the first half buzzer that pushed the texas lead to 24 so acemas in the media availability today uh, was asked several things first of all uh, what gives him the confidence right now, because he's a very confidence, confident guy, as we know, what gives him the confidence that this team, now that we've arrived on the calendar in the month of March, can be successful in the month of March? I
1: mean, just know what we have in the locker room. Um, you know, we're focused on, you know, getting better every day. Um, you know, we, you know, had some really good practices, um, you know, had a, a good game. Tuesday, and so we will just continue to get better um, and build on that and uh, continue to carry that over, um, you know, in the next game.
0: Okay, so that's a, a little bit of thought from Miss. Also, uh, there's that thing about the uh, playing with the sense of urgency. The Longhorns were in an urgent situation. They were in an urgent situation when they had to play Kansas State coming off a loss. They were in an urgent situation when they went to Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, You know, and and also when they played Baylor. So when they have had these so-called urgent situations, they've been able to respond, which then brings out the question about the sense of urgency and how the team was able to find that intense sense of urgency against Texas Tech.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's the type of urgency that we have to play with every game. And we understand that. Um, you know, going back and watching the film and um, seeing the good things that we did, um, but also, you know, little things that we can fix too. So, I mean, really right now it's about, you know, continuing to get better. Um, You know, there's always areas that we can improve in and, um, you know, staying in the moment and taking it uh, day by day. And and you were back
0: to your old self shooting-wise and scoring-wise. Did you feel like the Big 12 is just, you know, everybody plays such great defense. Did you feel worn down at all
1: this late in the season? No, I haven't feel worn down. Um, you know, I've, you know, played four years of college already, um, you know, had games where I've played, you know, the whole game. So uh, I wouldn't say worn down at all. Um, you know, definitely miss some easy shots. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to put in work and, you know, trusting that still and, um, you know, it'll click.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, one thing where you can tell, where max ace is not tired and that was and that's our old uh, friend kirk bowles there from the austin american statesman with the question there about the fatigue and all that sort of stuff um one one area where you can tell where max is not that, that he is not tired is the way he has ramped up his defense and he has played very solid defense even as teams have really clamped down to shut him down offensively and when he went through that struggle it was like what 20 points combined over three games so how has ace been able to improve defensively
1: yeah i mean um you know just playing against the best of the best i mean you know in the best conference um you know playing against the best players and you know getting a chance to guard them um uh, but kind of really just starts in practice um you know really rt and them really pushing me to to be better on the defensive end Um, And, you know, that's uh, for me, that's a part part of my game that I need to have, especially, you know, being able to play at the next level. And so um, just continue to um, improve in that area um, and show I can defend.
0: Yeah. All right. So that means a total elevation of the game. And, uh, you know, offensively, when Max Hastings came in, clearly uh, he was known as a volume shooter and a volume scorer. And he has done that. He's now number 11 on the all-time NCAA career scoring list but about the totality of the game, you know, the defensive side of it. And that's where Ace credits head coach Rodney Terry for helping him really round his complete game and elevate that.
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the big things is that defensive piece of it. Um, you know, um, being more of the the kind of guard that I need to be on the defensive end, um, where I'm being more of a pest, um, pressuring the ball more um, on that end for sure. Um, and then i think on the offensive end it's just little things um continuing to make reads you know off picking roles um you know playing with great athletes um and i think the player development here is really good um you know get a good job of, of being able to get live game reps um instead of doing you know a whole lot of drills so um kind of see different things in action so um combination of that you know the player development and then on the defensive end i think that's you know been a big piece of my bro uh
0: no question about it it, it it's been a big part down the stretch for texas as well now if you know rodney terry you know he likes to talk about the whole bone on bone uh mentality of what he wants from his team bone on bone and so when that came in to ace getting with this team that whole bone on bone thing this is a guy who was a volume offensive shooter so the question for max is how does that bone on bone defense fit his personality
1: yeah I mean, I think that um you know for for defense i mean it's it's kind of what's in your chest um and, and kind of that that mentality, and so um you know, coach has been great about um you know getting that out of me this year, um just understanding you know the next level that's what they want to see um, and so I'm just going out there um and, and continuing to get better on that end and um you know, showing that I can defend
0: you whether you're talking about offense or defense, you know one of one of the big elements is confidence. And, and I know that might sound a little weird to those of us who watch these outstanding athletes play, and we see them do some amazing things. And we wonder, how could because we all hear this about, well, the team picked up its confidence. Well, the team lost confidence. Well, that was a confidence boost. They need this for a confidence builder and And I know uh, to regular rank and file folks like you and me, uh, we might say, well, um, is that a deal where they just lose How does that happen? How does a team lose its confidence, a, a, a guy that is so confident as well? So the question for Max is: did the team recover its confidence? Did they get their confidence back after that win in Lubbock on Tuesday night?
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that we ever lost our confidence. I mean, coach talks about it all the time that the Big 12 is, you know, it's one game at a time. You know, you might lose one. Um, you hold it on for a night and then you got to go move on to the next. And, um, it's, it's easy to dwell on that, but it's, it's very important that you move on to the next game. I mean, cause you got another great team coming in or you're going to another great team's venue. Um, so I think we never lost confidence in ourselves. Uh, you know, the, the urgency. Um intensity that we needed, you know, for Tuesday's game started in practice. Um, and so we're just continuing to build on that, um, you know, especially especially in practice. I mean, I think that's, you know, where everything starts, um, building good habits for the game. And that way, when the game comes, you know, we have that urgency that we need.
0: Uh, Cam, didn't you tell me that the televised portion of the game on Tuesday night was delayed in getting to everybody. It was JIP because of the end of the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. Am I remembering that correctly?
1: That's correct. It was 6 nothing by the time that game came on ESPN.
0: Okay. So by the time the game came on, Max Acemis had already gotten that injury right right above the eye, that that elbow right into the face, right? Yeah, he was not on the court, and the only thing we heard, I think it was Rich Hollenberg and Fran on the call. They were yeah. saying that he, he had been taken back to get stitched up, and he was, he was injured at the moment. We didn't know what had happened to him. Yeah, well, that was the collision that happened there on that drive to the hoop uh, there for Texas Tech, and... Uh, and then he came out and you could see his teammates were kind of fired up. He had a big old patch on his uh, above the eye. And so Hastings was asked if the team uh, then uh, then get kind of fired up. Did that injury that he suffered help bring the team together?
1: Uh, I mean, it was, you know, the first minute minute or two of the game. Um, but, I mean, I, the team was together from the jump. Um, you know, if, if you were in our practices, you know, before the game, like you just you felt that energy. Um, and you felt that sense of urgency that we really needed. Um, so, you know, we were able to come out with the right intensity. Um, I think it started, you know, with, with Reese, you know, pressuring the ball. Um, you know, I seen it a little bit. I didn't see it too much. I was getting my eye worked on. But just, you know, the intensity that we needed on that end, I think that just set the tone for everybody. And then we built on that. Um, and we were able to build a lead a little bit um, and just continue uh, that throughout the game. All
0: right. And there's one more piece of sound, uh, Cam, I'd like you to hit here because it caught my eye. Uh, because everybody saw, or you may have heard, that Caitlin Clark announced yesterday the outstanding, going to be back-to-back national player of the year from Iowa is going to be in the WNBA draft. Now, she will have played four years. She had a COVID year available to her if she wanted it. She has decided she's going to go into the WNBA draft. I don't think there's any doubt about it. She's going to be the number one overall pick. She'll be taken by the Indiana Fever. And, of course, she's an outstanding shooter. Well, Max Asemus is an outstanding shooter. So the question is, would he be able to beat Caitlin Clark in a three-point shooting contest?
1: Yeah, I think I can handle her in a shootout. Why do you think so? I mean, mean, what is a good shooter supposed to say, that he's going to lose that? (laughs) (laughs) What do you you think of her as a player? I mean, she's a good player, um, you know, and i mean i've seen you know some of her games and um the things that she's able to do um it's pretty amazing pretty incredible um and then just kind of the platform that um and attention that she's brought to you know women's basketball is um you know good to see
0: yeah i mean i i, I agree with him he said what am i supposed to say i'm gonna lose to her and, and 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 that doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of gender i'm gonna lose to a girl not that just lose to anybody if you're a confident shooter." You think you can beat anybody, right? Max A. certainly feels that way. Anyway, we'll uh, never probably get a chance to see that in play, but uh, uh, it's it's good to see two outstanding players uh, do their craft as well. And uh, Caitlin Clark in Iowa uh, will be doing that. By the way, the, the latest uh, reveal of 16 by the NCAA came out yesterday on the women's side, and Texas is a two seed. That's what they were in the first reveal. And they are, and they actually moved up one spot in the reveal from being, uh, I think, the eighth overall seed, which would be the lowest number two seed, to the seventh overall seed. I know we were all kind of into the whole deal about uh, they've been number uh, one seed in Charlie Cream's bracketology, but I think... those of us who follow it closely figured that probably melted away with the loss at Oklahoma since they will not win the conference championship in the rest of the regular season. But to be a 2 seed would be really, really good. Uh, By the way, the Texas State Bobcats have just walked it off. Chase Mora has just hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the 10th inning. Houston had taken the lead in the top of the 10th with a run, and Chase Mora has just walked it off with a shot right into the Crawford boxes. Down the left field line, Texas State has beaten Houston the final eight to seven. So the first game is officially in the books. Now it went 10 innings and uh, his teammates are mobbing him out near the mound as Texas State uh, wins it on a line drive walk-off homer, a two-run shot from Chase Moore. They've torn his jersey off of him as it uh, went into the Crawford boxes. So first game in the books, and uh, we'll let you know about uh, the arrangements on when the second game will start. We'll see where it goes from there. All right, more coming up, including inconceivable on a Friday when we continue on Sports Radio AM 13 Under the Zone.